The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Everything's got to be about the future. It's got to be about tomorrow and bringing all that into focus as we, you know, attack the season. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. Welcome into the Huddle Up podcast. Today is Tuesday, May 31st. J.P. Shadrick with NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks, Jaguars.com senior writer John Osier, and give us a listen on the podcast page at Jaguars.com or the official Jaguars podcast network. That's on iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. John, hi, first I'm of all. I'm just amazed to be sitting here with Bucky. I, I was trying to figure out how to phrase it, but he's here in person. He's here it's a shock to be doing this without Bucky's car involved. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's tough for me because I'm so used to doing the podcast with you guys with Luna, my dog, in the background mm. doing something. Parmesan also. Parmesan, Parmesan across the, the way. Neighbor's dog. Yeah, the neighbor's dog kind of rustling up, trying to get mm. Luna all worked up. Luna's either, either right at my side or just kind of milling around the house making noise. But I told her I got to leave for a little bit because I got to see – John, yeah, I guess see what OSHA's been talking about. I've been reading about it all on Jaguars. I, kinda, I was like, I got to come out here and see what it is that we're talking about. And so I had an opportunity to kind of cast my eyes on the Jaguars for the first time this year, and I'm excited. Well, uh, let's start with Doug Peterson today. Then we'll get your thoughts about what you saw today, yeah. Bucky. Doug Peterson asked John by you, you know, after week one of OTAs, uh, what are your impressions of this football team? It was a good week, you know, for us. Um, again, it was the first time really since that first mini camp several weeks ago uh, to be, you know, out there and, and the way the way I've got it set up, you know, um, we're working some first and second down, some third down, some red zone stuff and throughout the course of the week. So we're throwing a lot at the guys. And, and right now <clears throat> the guys have really handled the information. They've taken it from the classroom to the practice field. And, and that's really what we want to see right now. You can't see physicality and all that kind of stuff and tackling and all that yet. But, um, you know, the guys are they are moving in the right way. They're, they're practicing fast. They're, they're protecting each other. And that's what we want to see, and that's what I want to see this time of year. All right. So, Bucky, after that answer and then seeing what you saw today, well, what did you see today? Well, I'm beginning to see what Doug talked about. Like the number one thing that you're looking for when you go to these practices, you can't really evaluate the physicality. You can't really evaluate some of the toughness part of the game. But what you can evaluate is who knows exactly what they're doing, who can exhibit the kind of effort that you want to see. Are the guys paying attention to the details that have been expressed in the classroom, meaning they understand what they're being asked to do, they understand why they're doing it, and then they go and do it on the grass. And I think we could see some of that. And so for me, a lot of it was – the organization of practice. Does this team look organized? Do they look like they're paying attention to detail? Do they look like a team that can play and play good football? Yes, they do look like a team that can play good football, and that is a huge step in the right direction when we think about the way this team has played in the past few years. Some highlight guys to me today. I, you know, I always hesitate to highlight guys during this time of year, but Christian Kirk looks fast. Evan Ingram looks fast. Dan Arnold looks like a player that Bucky's talking about. Like he knows where he's supposed to be. That's because he had a nice uh, play down the seam. If he hadn't mm-hmm. had that uh, nice play down the seam, am I talking about Dan Arnold? Probably not. <laughs> but 
overall, I agree with Bucky there. The starters who all three of those guys I, w- I would assume are going to play key, key roles, maybe the three key roles in this offense, they all look like they're on the same page as Trevor Lawrence. I'm kind of with Bucky. You know, th- you're not surprised to see that, but you're glad to see that as opposed to not seeing what Bucky's talking about. The, as we've talked about the last three or four weeks, the only thing that really happens this time of year is if you're not seeing certain things, you're really concerned. Mm-hmm. So far, I think you're seeing what you want to see out of this team. I think offensively, and to make it, I think we should break it up offense and defense. So I would say offensively, the first thing, your eyes go right naturally to the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. First time I've seen Trevor throw since the end of the season. And so, and watching him, we talked on the side, what you want to see from elite quarterbacks, one, when they're throwing the ball, doesn't hit the ground. The ball doesn't hit the ground because there's a level of execution and consistency between thrower and catcher. It's supposed the, to be easy this time of year. It's it easy. The ball doesn't yeah. hit the ground. It looks like um, they're in rhythm and in sync. And I saw that today. I saw what I would deem to be a high-level set of execution of practices and what they're being asked to do. From Trevor, I want to see the ball in the strike zone consistently. When we talk about the strike zone, the strike zone is torso, ball Waste to hire inside the window. The receivers are not having to work a lot to make catches, and we're seeing that. Trevor Lawrence is very accurate. We're seeing the ball come out with plenty of pace and those things. And then the final part of it is when you transition from doing individual to group stuff to then competing against the team, does Trevor know where to go with the ball, and does he know how to do it in a timely fashion? I think we saw that. Even when they ramped it up in 707 and 907 things against the defense, he looked like he had a – Pretty clear idea of where to go. For a young quarterback entering in his second year, those are the things that you want to see, and I think he is trending in the right direction. Yeah, and, and, and to add to that, I think this adds a little bit of significance to what Bucky said. I mentioned to JP on the practice field today, we've really only seen Trevor twice during this offseason, last Monday and today. But it is striking that during the same drills, 7-on-7, seven 11-on-11, on seven, 11 on 11, um, when Trevor throws it, He's throwing to the next level more often than the younger guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that because he has confidence in his arm? Is that because he knows that, uh, where the play ought to be going? Whatever it is, it shows me he has the ability to take that first read, the accuracy to do it. And I think he's throwing the ball downfield is what I'm getting at, Bucky, and doing the things you're talking about, meaning it's easy to throw in the strike zone when you're Throwing check downs. Yeah. He's throwing some check downs. But for mm-hmm. the most part, he's going downfield doing the things this offense wants him to do on a consistent level and throwing in the strike zone. That combination to me is critical. Yeah, it's critical. Part of that is his experience for playing his entire rookie season. The game is a little slower for him than some of the backups who haven't had a lot of playing time experience. So, so it's he fast. sees it. He sees it. Yeah. He anticipates it. And one of the things that young quarterbacks have to learn is – they have to learn how to, we, we call it, throwing guys open, throwing into windows. The great quarterbacks let the ball go before the receiver is well out does of his he break. he better at that He absolutely this time does. He year. does, man. And you don't want to get too excited about like a practice in shirts and shorts and those things. But I think, to me, it was confirmation that the guy that was taken at the top of the board, he has the talent to play like a guy that was taken at the top of the board. And to me, that is encouraging. And you also can see whatever it is that they're doing from a playbook construction standpoint, it is obviously very friendly to them 
because as you talked about, there wasn't a lot of hesitation. Right. There was a lot of hesitation with him. Where do I go with the ball? He knows exactly what to do. So I would say the synergy between the coaches and the player, they're on the right page. They're on the same page. Now, all that said, how do you grade the defense on a day like today? So here's the thing. It was a lot of intrigue to me about the defense because I just didn't know what I was going to see. It hasn't really been talked about. Like you hear theories about, oh, this is a 3-4 team. Right. What are they doing? And I know – because John always tells a hey, depth charts and all that we don't really know. But the first group that I saw roll out there where I saw Trayvon Walker on one side, I saw Josh Allen on the other side standing up 3-4 defense. That's their base. Yeah. I saw sure Olakon like in, mm-hmm. on the inside. Mm-hmm. I saw Devin Lloyd on the inside. So I'm like, okay, well, that's the front seven. Then in the back end, Cisco playing safety. Um, we saw Campbell at one corner. Now – but Rayshon Jenkins wasn't there. Uh, Shaq, Shaq didn't see Shaq, Shaq wasn't, out there today. Wasn't out there, but yeah, it's been Dewey at that one spot. Yeah. Dewey Winger. But, it, again, my understanding is that's because Jenkins was out at the end of last year and they're bringing him along slowly. Right. Yeah, so in looking at the defense, first thing stood out, they're bigger. Bigger on the edges. Trayvon Walker is like a giant on the outside. It's not fair they're letting him wear pads. It's not fair. He is – Unbelievable size-wise. Secondly, when those two guys are standing up, uh, easily what I'm looking at is Mike Caldwell has certainly taken the things they've learned from Ty Bowles. And if the coverage holds up, this is a team that is going to fix their issues with pressure. So I saw a lot of what we call simulated pressures where you're only bringing four. Four rushers, you're dropping seven, but you don't know where the fourth rush is that's really Todd from. Bowles' calling card, right? Yeah. That's like really what he does. Simulated pressure, zone blitzes, and those things. So we saw that. Then I saw some zone pressures where you're seeing five come, any of the five, any combination of two linebackers, linebacker and a safety member coming, bringing pressure. They're playing zone and man behind it, so it can be a high-pressure team. Mm-hmm. And then there was a lot of variety, disguise, multiplicity to what they were doing. But what I loved about it, I didn't see coverage bus. I didn't see people just running scot-free through the middle of the defense where it doesn't look like, who, who do I have, who has, well, whatever. Well, that's the MO you've always told me about Bulls' defense. Simple to execute, complicated to the offense, right? And, and so seeing that early, I'm really encouraged. And this brings me to Deshae Townsend in the back end. If you look at Deshae's background, played in Pittsburgh, cornerback coach, coach, coach yeah. Deshae Townsend, played in Pittsburgh under Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau is the founding father of what we call the zone blitz defense. For years and years, the Pittsburgh Steelers dominated people with a complex blitz scheme with coverage in the back end that kept the ball in front and made a ton of plays. Deshae's experience may be one of the reasons why we haven't seen the bust in the back end because if you can tie the back end with what they're doing in the front end without mistakes, then you have an opportunity to be disruptive but also be safe and sound in what you're doing. Hey, the Jaguars are future-focused and ready for a new look in 2022. Join us at the bank this season as Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence lead the charge. Lock in your seats at jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. We'll try to figure out Bucky's schedule the rest of the week after this. Welcome back. It's the Huddle Up Podcast, and the Daily's play schedule continues June 4th. The Jacksonville Taco and Margarita Festival. June 5th, the Doobie Brothers with Michael McDonald. 
And then June 6th and 7th, the Dave Matthews Band. Tickets and information at dailiesplace.com. Are you sticking around for the tacos? Uh, okay, so let me look at my trusty calendar. The 4th is on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. All day. That is, a, that is a long extension of the state, even though I am, I am one of the biggest fans of the tacos. Insider tip, JP's you know. been training for the 4th. You've been training. Most of your life, right? Yeah, for about <laughs> 35 years, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's go time. Started early, it's, Buck. It's, it's go time. Yeah. It, it is almost time to show and prove all the preparation turns into elite performance. Like I respect you. on Saturday, your performance will be at a Super this Bowl This is level. JP's training camp. An Olympic champion <laughs> does not become a champion just showing up at the Olympics, okay? <laughs> no. This is the process building up I like your it. stamina to the actual event in four years. I, I like that. Man, the fourth. Man, I... Yeah. I just need to see if I can extend it out. Been, who else is coming? Doobie Brothers? Doobie Brothers, yeah. Oh. Uh, we got Dave Matthews. We got uh, the Black Crows are coming up. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, know, I know two out of three, three out of four. I don't, I don't know. I'll send you a one. video. I don't know the Black Crows. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Black Crows uh, were sort of mid-90s, early 2000s. Really good. Yeah. I mean, or, no, mid-90s. Yeah. Early mid-90s, yeah. And uh, Shake Your Moneymaker. Oh! The, uh, Shake Your Moneymaker. I like Their I classic like. out. Okay. How long are you here, by the way? Well, you know, I'm here. You know, I know that we don't have access, but maybe I'm hoping to finagle a bird's eye view from afar. Oh. To kind of see what's going on. I like that. Just some more stuff. You know, meet some see, people. Check it out. Other stuff. You can get taken out trying to do that. Nah, trying to. You might want to coordinate that before <laughs> right. you walk out there. I don't know. I, don't I don't may not see you there. again. Yeah, right. I don't want to walk That's out there and be taken <laughs> out, but I would love to see just a little, a little more. Okay. If not, I'll just come in and walk around the office, just talk to you guys, kind of Fair. pop in, yeah. listen to the interviews, and read the brilliant writing that you have going on and just kind of game one site. I have a question uh, for the scout. Hey, scout. good idea. He's uh, here. Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, if you've noticed one thing and this is said without giving away precisely what he's doing in the offense. But to me, Bucky, it, it's clear Evan Ingram is, and I, and I'm both tight ends, but Evan Ingram, mm-hmm. uh, really more than a tight end in this offense, isn't he? Oh, he is. He, he's the versatile guy. I think, if we go back and look at what Doug Peterson did in Philadelphia, I would expect Evan Ingram to do a lot of what Zach Ertz did in that offense. He'll play outside. He'll play in the slot. He is more of a, what I call a move tight end, a flex tight end, more so than your traditional wide that sticks his hand in the dirt attached to the hip of the offensive tackle. And it was key they get somebody who could do that, right? Yeah, they, they needed somebody. They needed more weapons. And I think the thing that was telling, and I know we're not talking about depth charts, but at one point, I saw 11 personnel package, which is one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. On the field at that time, it was Travis Etienne, it was Evan Ingram, it was Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, and Christian Kirk. They went empty formation, and it was a very dangerous look based on the talent that is on the field. How are you going to match up to that? Are you going to double anybody? Will anybody establish themselves as a guy that needs a double team? But because they're already doing some of those things, this offense has an opportunity to tax the defense a little differently than it did in the past because the personnel is better than it had been in the past. And I will say this, a little conversation with Doug Peterson, talked about the personnel and all the uproar over Christian Kirk or whatever. We've said this, and I told you that this is a system where you don't need an A-level receiver to have a lot of success. Passed that and shared that with him. He was like, just go back and look at the 2017 Eagles that went to the Super Bowl. There was not a guy who had 1,000-yard uh, and receiving, not a 1,000-yard rusher, yet that was the team that hoisted the trophy at the end. We could venture to say that this unit, talent-wise, is on par with what he had in 2017. Quarterback plays great. This team should have more firepower, score more points. Wow. There you have it. 
more points than last year or more points than 17. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the three of us could go and play flag Sounds football. Sounds like you're locking down a bowl. I'm not locking down a bowl, but <laughs> like we've talked about it. Like what is success? I've heard you talk about like being on the graphic the final month of the season. This is a team that should be more competitive. This is a team that I think the games will get into the fourth quarter. Then is can you make enough winning plays to be able to do it? But reasonable so, expectation. I'm hearing 13 wins from you. No, we're not saying That's 13. What I'm I, I, th- I think I 14. Think, 13. I think we have to set the over under on seven. Seven would be a nice number. I would skew towards a little bit over that if we put it all together. But remember, this is the part of the year that we don't really like because we don't have pads on. We're not playing right. real, real football. We can speculate. But it looks good right now. But it seems to fit, I think, some of what Bucky said, it seems to fit what Doug likes as a coordinator. So, I mean, as a play caller. And that's uh, – it makes sense that it would, but it is cool to see it out on the field. Uh, there's a lot of weapons running around out there. They are. And that's a good thing. And we'll hopefully see them progress as this OTA schedule moves along the rest of this week. And then we'll be back out there on Monday of next week for the final week of organized team activities. Bucky, good to see you in person. No, man, it's great. It's great to be here. Uh, JP exposed me to a little coffee shop. I won't name it because it's not a sponsor, but had a nice little coffee, had a little, had a little breakfast. I saw it, got a chance to see JP's kind of like neighborhood, his haunts. I see oh, you hadn't, so, seen, you hadn't seen the no, haunts no, 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 no. yet, bud. We're, so, we're just getting so started. Also, so when he's giving me a, you don't want to hang he's giving me, a, he's giving me a tough time. I kind of understand how the finer side lives. And remember yeah. when I was talking about stamina a second ago? Let's make sure you have the proper stamina for that. I don't know if you do. John yeah. knows a little yeah. bit. I've seen it now. <laughs> More preparation for tacos than margarita. That's Bucky Brooks. John Osier, our thanks to Joe Fortunato, and I'm J.P. Shadrick. Listen to all our podcasts on the podcast page at jaguars.com or the official Jaguars Podcast Network on iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. Leave us a comment and a five-star rating, and we'll catch you next time on the Huddle Up Podcast.